Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Tonight, we have our interview with Aaron Kaufman, director of social for Square Enix. I am joined by, as always, the beanied one, Gerard Burr. Oh, hello. Hello, all of my fellow nerds. Please Uh-oh. come join us. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, my. It's that kind of a night. Hello, oh hello. Um, yes, that was like my little fanciness in my little my little fancy coffee cup mm, with the pinky up, please. Always. Mm. Oh, DJ. What is up, all my fellow nerds? How you doing? Thanks for joining. Thanks for hey, listening. Uh, hey, Lions Man, Jason Bolidio. Why don't you go ahead and weigh in on your uh, <laughs> on your thoughts on uh, this complete BS? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> well, hello there. How's it going, guys? How's, How's it going? I love fine, it. Fine, fine. Pick you up. Pick <laughs> you up today, guys. That's Pinky right. Up. Thank you. Yes. This is a oh. thing. We just made a thing. I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Welcome to our beautiful couch. couch. What's up, our guys? New pillowed couch. Thank you for joining. Oh, so what's going is- on? So how is everyone doing? Well, it's been pretty been, good. Pretty good. Yeah. Been uh, been you know active. Been uh, embracing AZ a little bit. Went on a hike. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, cool. The, Made uh, a, the got desert. a little. Yeah, I was planning to do like a little two mile hike just to like try it out and like you know take take have it, take it easy. But uh, I got a little turnaround and it ended up being like four four point one miles. <laughs> How to get? Is it just desert, so you don't know which way it's to go? Well, like, I mean, like it, it, the the trails oh, are man. so long, and then you you literally have like this stick and like like kind of the olden day, like the like this trail, and then this is another trail, and then I was I thought I was on the right trail, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up going even higher, and then all the way around like where the national park was, just, so it was like. This man just doesn't even be like, you know what? Let me just do a 180 and just walk backwards. <laughs> I just kept, right? I just, yeah, I just kept moving forward, man. Like we all should in life. Oh man, you're right. You're just having your Red Dead real you life. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh Dude, man. I just, I love you it. Red Dead. I mean, I swear. You know, you know, that's what Jerry was sticking in his mind, too. I, I really was. I was like, oh man. It's like I'm really in right. the game right now. <laughs> Where's my horse? You know, <laughs> it was so cool. And I, I really okay. had the urge to like pitch a tent and like camp out. To the team at Rockstar, my apologies for him thinking Arizona, where he was at hiking, was anywhere near Red Dead Redemption. Very true. But still, <laughs> I, you know, you guys know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate you. And I love your Jason. Team. <laughs> I JC, love you got, your game. JC, you got one more week and so you can get your second shot? Uh two actually. I go two? in again. Uh technically about two ish, three. You lucky bastard. Okay. I go, I go in uh, again on the fifteenth and that'll be uh the nice. fun one. So Dude, it's no joke. That a- second after, shot. After after essential so after essential employees, then it's it's gonna start going to the public, right? Yeah, I, I like right. honestly, like we've been there's been so many shots going hey. out. Mm-hmm. Hey Jerry. It might be earlier. I'm in group one C. Yeah, see? <laughs> I'm like, not in the public group. 
Oh no way! I, it is considered essential, so we're in part of Group One C. Actually, that kind of makes sense. So yeah, it's it's going to so, be interesting because especially I, this day and age, like I yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's, it's getting it's getting close to like you know general public, but we've been selling shots out, which is uh-huh. interesting. You know, it's been crazy. So. I, I, I do want to talk about it because there's an, an interesting little correlation that that's taken place in the last week is that as things have kind of opened back up and we're unfortunately becoming cannon fodder for the rest of the world with their commentary, but I, I can't help but not ignore it. Um, as every, people have been getting their shots, things are turning back up again. The joke now is, which sad but true is, it's now been a return to the weekly mass shootings in the U.S. And I, this one kind of hits home kind of like last week, you know, with Atlanta hit home with you, and Jason, and, and Theo, is there was a attack in Boulder, Colorado, which, um, of course, Theo is from, from Colorado. He lives mm-hmm. probably about a good 30 minutes from Boulder. Um Myself, on the other hand, I spent most of my life in in Longmont and Erie, which is right on the outskirts of Boulder. Um, you know, from where I lived in Erie, um, Jerry's been out there. Um, yeah. You could see the flat irons of Boulder from my backyard. Yeah, you probably um, you probably know exactly where it was located. So I like, know yeah. the point. <laughs> oh, I know exactly where it took place. The King Supers on Table Mesa, because back in high like late high school, early two thousands. Um, we used to go to the laser storm laser tag place there in Boulder, which was up, mm. up on the second floor of that whole shopping strip. Wow. So I know exactly where it is. So, um, uh, in translation for all the nerds and everyone listening, uh, laser tag was like, uh, airsoft and paintball, but f- like inside arcades. And it was a lot of fun, even though the lasers and the targets sucked. But really, uh, you, you, you played some really bad laser tag, dude, because yeah. laser storm, you know, I we had we had power station and oh, dude, don't let's not talk sucked. about that. Let's not. Right, talk about Jason. That let's not we, talk about that. So, I mean, yeah, we maybe we just didn't get good, good stuff. So I happen. I mean, I, partially, you know, I used to work for the company, but I used to work for laser storm. Um, used to one of the stores in Longmont. You um, would, you would like you, and you I, like that was your high school like job, wasn't it? Oh, you. Had, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that's so funny. That's actually for some of those listeners that've known me for a long time and known me. It, I used my whole tag handle was Nightblade. That's what a lot of people used to call me by, and that's Nightblade. Some, um, which you want to go nerd wise. It's because I got that from it is one of the classes in Daggerfall from Bethesda, Elder Scrolls 2. Oh, okay. I didn't I'm play so, it. No. I'm just mad. I'm just so Nightblade tonight. Just Nightblade. I love it. Um Nightblade. But no, we used to we used to go <laughs> and we used to play and it was it was a lot of fun. But I mean, really I'm I'm getting tired of us having to either, you know, talk about the violence against, you know blacks and asians and now it's just this was senseless violence this guy walked in to a store six days earlier bought an ar-15 and with the sole purposes of driving into boulder from aurora 
or Avada, one of the two, one of the eight ones out there, and shoot up the store. That was their plan. We don't know anything beyond that right now. Today, as we record this, was supposed to be his first day in court. But here's here's the thing is, I, 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 I get it with the gun rights and everything like that, but something has to be done because we cannot go back to having weekly attacks on just communities. These people were walking into a grocery store and were shot. And for anybody that knows and what an AR-15 is, yes, I get it, semi-automatic, let's set it away, is the way the, the guns are rifled, which, Jerry, you've got one, right? Yes, I built okay. one. So the rifling on the barrel, though, is designed to tear through things, correct? And that yes. bullet is fired. Okay. So when you have somebody that goes to buy a gun specifically that is, that is to deal damage, the, the way the rifling, the round is designed. Okay. I'm not saying the gun itself, right? Oh, you know, because honestly, it's whatever this person was dealing with, they needed help. It's the or, shooter, but it's I, the shooter, but I understand the gun, that. the gun is like, how did someone in that state acquire in that mindset, well, acquire the weapons? Correct. And I think that's, that's where, that's what I'm getting at. And I think that's, I'm not saying we need to take away guns. Absolutely not. Because we, I think everybody has the right to bear arms. And I think that was purposely built into the constitution by our founding fathers. But the problem is, is that how is it that six days prior to the shooting, somebody walked into a store, bought an AR-15 with the extent with, you know, with the intent to go and kill. And that's the thing is we have to, we have to tighten up some gun laws to make sure that people like this don't have access to guns. Um, I mean, and we have, politicians out there that are comparing this to drunk driving but the thing is guys we have to register our cars we have to have a driver's license we have to keep all that stuff current to stay on the road so i don't i don't see what the the big deal is with having to register your firearms because that was i mean one of the things you were looking at jerry to be the responsible gun owner was to register your guns in arizona which come to find out you don't have to yeah um yeah yeah. that was actually quite the surprise because i'm you know coming from california they have stricter laws, mm-hmm. but then, you know, I didn't know what they were out in Arizona, but mm-hmm. I just, I, I naturally just want to make sure all of my paperwork, everything's, you know, says that I it. own it. Mm-hmm. Which is responsible to, it's responsible yeah. to do. And so I wanted to, yeah, register both of my firearms and, and, you know, just to get it out of the way and like, okay, like if then in case anything happens. Uh, but I've come to find out I don't I don't need to, and it's yeah. it's actually and that's actually that's kind of feels kind of weird. It's actually kind of weird, yeah. like even being a gun owner. Like I, mm-hmm. and here's the thing to me too is is because one it came out as as they've been releasing the victim names here and there is one of the victims. Now, granted, I didn't know them, but they were a graduate ten years prior of my high school. Wow! Oh wow! So that's- they. People in the town I grew up in, went to high school in, went to middle school, elementary school in. People knew this person, and now yeah. their life is their their parents had to bury them. Mm-hmm. As a mm-hmm. as in John Q, the fantastic quote in that movie is, "A parent should not have to bury their child; it should be the child burying the parent." You know, and I, I think at some point we have to as a as a country follow the lead of a lot of these other countries in the world that don't have mass shootings that still have gun rights. Mm-hmm. 
because right now we as the pandemic is starting to loosen as we get vaccinated all of a sudden now we have 100 million shots that have been given out for the vaccine already and in the press conference today biden has said he's going for 200 million within the first 100 days of him being in office these vaccines so as this is starting to loosen you have all these different states now starting to get rid of the mask mandates and all of that yep people are starting to get out now and all of a sudden guess what we haven't had a mass shooting in a long time during this pandemic and then all of a sudden we've got two in a week it's like everyone's getting yeah. stirred crazy from being inside it's it's kind of getting it's a little <laughs> ridiculous man and we shouldn't have to talk about this anymore as a country no and not at all. you know for me, Boulder is such a, it's a, it is, I mean, for people that know what, you know, know the name Boulder, right? It's pretty much a college town. It is built, I mean, it's built up, but CU, Colorado University, is at the heart of this university, of uh, this town, you know, mm-hmm. and, but it is a smaller town. I mean, they purposely don't build new new subdivisions and everything like that because they have a law that says you have to build on existing property. So if you're going to build a new store, guess what? You have a piece of property that already has a store on it. You have to tear that building down and build new right then and there. You cannot just acquire property and start building out. Like you start seeing all these subdivisions going out, you know, going up around the country. Right. Mm. So it is a smaller town. You know, my dad lives there. You know, granted, they're on the other end of Boulder and we're away from this. But, you know, to me, that worries me that, you know, this could have been the King Supers on their end of town. Yeah. You know, their Safeway. It, it, something's got to give. And I hope the politicians just stop bickering and actually do what's right for the country. Because, honestly, we are the laughing stock of the world when... Honestly, I, I sit there and I go on TikTok and stuff like that. And I see posts about people going, well, hey, guess what? Look, COVID's coming, you know, leaving the, you know, coming down in the U.S. So guess what? Here's the return to, to weekly, you know, mass shootings. And it, and it needs to stop. Um, you know, we, and what's sad is I found out is Colorado ranks one of the highest in the state for mass shootings too. And when you think about it, some of the biggest shootings that have happened since 99 have been in Colorado. Yep. True. Columbine. Yep. Aurora theater shooting. There was the, the tech school that was down in South Denver that got, you know, shot up. Um, there was the Planned Parenthood killings down in Colorado Springs. I mean, you can go on and on and they're ranked one of the highest. I think something does really got to stop. Um, and and hopefully politicians do it. If if anyone needs any, motivation uh uh, watch the footage there was footage of of you know hearing the shots inside the store and and you know people running and yeah and it's and it's scary and and here's the thing guys even through the footage you feel the fear and here's the other thing with this and and we'll end on this piece is that the argument has always been well if you have the armed population good guys with guns can stop something like this well guess what there was a good guy with a gun there. It was a city of Boulder police officer and he was shot dead. So regardless if you are a good guy with a gun or not, you are still going to be a victim. So we have to do something. We can't use these arguments anymore. Um, And 
and my thoughts go out to all those families that were impacted, even to the city of Boulder. But mm. honestly, all these families that have been victims of mass shootings, they're tired of hearing this. Well, our prayers go out to the thoughts and family, but we still need you to keep all your guns. We're not going to do anything. We're going to keep going to status quo. Um, that being said, you know, I want to turn some happier news that happened that day. Um, and a good friend of the podcast, Drew Creaseman, who's been on a couple of times. Um, we had him on for the Final Fantasy reunion episode right there, the holidays. Um, I was on the DNVR gaming podcast with him um, not too long ago. But Drew got engaged. Congratulations, Drew. Happy nuptials. Um, I know, Drew, you guys kind of fought back and forth um, with that, that decision on whether or not to even announce the news. Um, but honestly, I think it was a good thing you guys did announce it because honestly, people need to understand that there's still hope in the world that things can still happen that are joyous and happy and, and full of love. Definitely, man. Yep. All, all, um, all news doesn't have to be dark, you know? Correct. Like, yeah. Um, but shout no, out to you, man. News. Hey, yeah. hey yeah. Drew, well, welcome to the team, man. Welcome to the, <laughs> welcome, to the team. <laughs> welcome to the team. <laughs> Congratulations, um, man. Congratulations. <laughs> Jerry's I'm good. Like, well, I'm good. I'll keep. I'm all right. But yeah. happy nuptials. Jerry's like, hey, I got nobody compete to compete against the presidency of the uh, <laughs> Single Man's Club there. Um, but uh, which I'm still president. Wanna, yeah, still president. Um, I want to give a shout out to also to Danny Pena, um, who we had on a couple weeks ago. Um, he kind of went out today <laughs> and he kind of put out a video. It was good, about three minutes. Or so. Um, talking about promoting positivity and supporting people in the community as far as podcasting and stuff goes that when they do reach milestones, get recognition that they actually, they really do deserve for all the hard work they did to, to start propping that up. Because it's oftentimes we talk about the negative that we out there that we're having to defend, like, you know, content creators coming on under attack, um, yeah. which is something we talked about with Aaron Coffin in our interview um, from Square, you know, for Square Enix. But we need to also promote the positives when people, you know, when people are accomplishing things. Um, because in that same vein, and this is shout outs that I plan to do even before I saw this video was the fact is, uh, Khalif Adams, friend of the show was on, um, last month, uh, him along with shout outs to Greg Miller, who we got to meet at E3, um, him and, um, Tim Gaze, fantastic people, um greg is amazing to talk to yeah funny um, dudes been a fan of you know, miller's for for years since ign bro so shout out greg miller along with jessica chobot and khalif are going to be hosting this year's dice awards nice oh, so congrats khalif super congrats to khalif and greg and jessica on becoming the host this year um, no. Granted, it's going to be all di- all digital, and and it's not going to be live, you know, live studio audience, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but you know, congrats, Khalif deserves all the accolades he's been getting lately. Um, between Definitely. being featured on a billboard no for, you know, for Twitch out in Times Square, um, hosting the Dice Awards, he is an amazing human being that is a fantastic guy, knows his gaming, cares about the the communities. Um, lifting people up. So, Khalif, 
congratulations from the CGM. You family. deserve it, dude. Definitely, Nobody yes. deserves it more. Yep. Congrats. That's amazing, dude. And con- yep. congrats, and good, luck. Good, good luck being in front of camera because it's different. So, yeah, yeah congrats a, a hundred times. Congrats, but I'm still, man. I'm still. Still irked on that drop mix, man. Still still on the hunt for those cards. That's so funny. I bought I bought some earlier today. You did. I I told you. Okay. I didn't wait for it to tomorrow. That's so funny. Cleef, if you're hanging out there, you listen to this later. I told you when we. Oh my. Oh yeah. I DM'd you and told you you started something really bad with Jason. Yeah. Right there. Um. So and then lastly, I want to give a shout out to Andrea and A from What's Good Games. Um, she's another person that is super nice. Um, yeah, loves, she was really nice you know, gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got to meet um, E3. Um, the last E3 we went to, like all of us went to 2019. Uh-huh. Um, but she just had a, a lengthy stint in the hospital, had to have some surgery. She is home now. So, Andrea from the CGN family, to you. Um, we wish you nothing but a speedy recovery and we hope to see you back on. Um, with the girls from what's good games recording the podcast again. Yeah. Um, and seeing Heal you up. up and up and healthy. Heal up, get strong. So, mm-hmm. so with that, um, Jerry and I yesterday got to interview Aaron Kaufman, who is the director of social and community for square Enix. Um, so I want to go ahead and play that interview for you guys. Um, cause unfortunately we couldn't do it live. Like we do with most of our guests. Um, you know, the only time we other time we haven't had a guest live, so to speak, is when we got to interview Julian Garrity, uh, creative director for the division um, at Ubisoft. Um, God, hmm. That's so it seems so, you know, that's hmm. long ago. You know, the division, division. Hmm. We've been talking about this for a while, Jason. Hey, um, hmm. I, I so, guess, guess who's, so who's playing the division right now? Hmm. Uh huh. This guy. Yeah. So rude. Division two. <sighs> so anyway, so let me go ahead and um, we'll go ahead and share that uh, clip for you guys now. Um, just give everybody um, that's watching um, in the channel. Um, this is about a 40 minute interview. Um, it was originally scheduled for 30, but you know, as always, things go off rails. Sometimes we start <laughs> talking about other things and, and whatnot. So oh, really um, off the rails. Anyway, so I hope, uh, just the town. <laughs> hope everybody enjoys this all right everybody hey uh matt Terrio and gerard burrow here at crashing game night we are hanging out with aaron kaufman director of social and community for square enix today um how are you doing today Aaron? uh you know i've got my my covid gray hairs coming in the, the hair <laughs> i was i was gonna take a shower we, we all are baby it's guys, okay it's, it's all right <laughs> i was like you know no, nobody nobody's gonna mind that i i look pretty disheveled and so it's, it's, all, it's all good it's the COVID life. I mean, we're all yeah. used to it by now after a year. So <laughs> you got, you guys look far better than I do. So. Oh, thank you, man. No, <laughs> well, you, you, no, you look great for the morning. No. Oh, Go, thanks. I yeah, mean, th- the reason Jerry looks better is because he's got a beanie. He takes that beanie off and that whole mop of a hair, you could build a, re- everywhere. a bird's nest in it. So <laughs> it's everywhere. <you're> okay. yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking it's his, it's just his superpower that makes him smile all the time. So it, well, is. it really you know. is. <laughs> I, I never leave with leave out with, with without my beanie or a hat. Something. I always I guess, every time I wear a beanie, like my hair gets super flat, and I get. Yep. I'm the kind of person that gets hot really easy. Like I don't know about you guys. Like I sleep with like one leg outside my bed and like one arm Pretty over much. here, and I switch and 
Like I get hot really easy. So I, I like beanies, but it's got to be really, really cold. And it's definitely not really yeah. cold. And, and no, no, this for the most part it are like Amazon exclusive, like oversized thin beanies that breathe. It's, it's just yeah. to tame the hair. That's all it is. Okay, well, we can just talk about that for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. General aesthetic. You know. I mean, we don't need to talk about it. Jerry talks about his beanies all the time, so. Um, <laughs> I'll, rem- I'll remember that, Jerry. We'll, it's we'll a get a, Some Square Enix uh, beanies. I'll, I'll be thinking of <laughs> I'm down. Right? He's down. <laughs> so for everybody out there, listener-wise, and those that will be watching um, when we record everything tomorrow night on, on Twitch, you know, give you give everybody your background a little bit. So you started really, you know, with EA back in 2004. Um, yeah. as global community manager, which even then, I mean, looking at the bios and everything, that wasn't really a thing back then. You kind of helped pioneer community manager and stuff with them. Um, and you were associate producer. And then in 2010, you moved over to THQ to be social media manager of the UFC and the WWE games. Um, and then from 2012 to 2020, you were with PlayStation. Yeah, I was. I was uh, okay. the you know, I've had I've had an, an incredible run so far, and this past year and a half at Square, year and change has been yeah amazing. But um, you know, my my heart is still very much with Santa Monica Studio. That was uh, that's oh, definitely that's been so the, awesome. the career, that's definitely been the, the career highlight so far. I know there's many great things to come, and but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's those guys like what they're doing over there is is un, unreal. So. Lots to look forward to. That's so cool. And kind of, can you elaborate on the uh, the WWE and UFC? Did you get to like? <laughs> did you get to? Oh, do okay, so my my the be- the absolute best story I have, and I love telling this one. So I was at THQ for two years, um, and um, a really good friend of mine, Bryce Yang, who's still there. He's the director of marketing for the WWE games and now the PGA 2K. And um, he and I worked at EA together. Uh, for quite a while. And when he left EA, um, he had um, kind of tried to pull me over to THQ because there was no uh, really dedicated community manager for the WWE games and what was then UFC undisputed. Uh-huh. And so um, I had kind of run my course at EA. Great, great time there. Uh, learned a lot and uh, it was time to move on. And so went over to THQ and um, I was affected Effectively, the, the global community manager of both all the WWE and UFC games. And through that role, I got to interview and hang out and engage with a lot of the WWE superstars and um, uh, the UFC That's fighters. Awesome. And, you know, I remember one of my first interviews with, was with uh, Seamus. And uh, oh, nice. I, was wearing, uh, I was wearing sandals at the time with a t-shirt <laughs> and jeans and oh the E3. It was on the E3 show floor and, uh, you know, he, he calls me tank cause my, you know, my, my, my handle was, was named just mm-hmm. tank. And, uh, he got to know me over the couple of years cause we, I would see him at different events and, you know, that was very cool, but he would always remember me by wearing my sandals <laughs> you know, like, and, the, and the WWE would like pick on me. They'd be like, you know, who's that community manager that, you know, comes kind of like half dressed. They um, always the one time you wear sandals and that's the one thing they remember. Of yeah. But the, but the best story, frankly, is uh, towards the end of my time at THQ and a lot of my close friends and my followers on Twitter, Twitter know this cause I, I, you know, celebrated almost annually um, in his honor. Uh, I, I was given a last minute opportunity from, from Bryce 
to um, we were working on a game called WWE All Stars, which you might have played. And um, Bryce wasn't feeling too well, and he was supposed to go fly over to Tampa, Florida, to film a trailer with Macho Man Randy Savage. And um, <laughs> oh. he asked me at the last second. He's like, "Hey, do you want to get on a red eye and fly out to Tampa and go hang out with Macho Man, his wife, his mom, and produce this trailer?" And I was like nervous as hell. I was like, what? <laughs> you want me to go write <laughs> the trailer with Macho Man? But I was also excited. I was like, yeah, you know, hell yeah, let, let's go. And so literally the day he asked me, I got on a plane on a red eye, flew to Florida. The next day I went to Macho Man's house out kind of in the, the boondocks of Tampa. And uh, I was there for three hours. It was like we were brothers by the time I left there. He had been more warm and amazing. And Mm -hmm. he was everything the hero and kind of like larger than life being that you could ever imagine. And uh, we filmed, um, we filmed a trailer and it's still online today. And I got to basically direct Macho Man. And actually um, they're in my, my cabinet here. I've got the script that we wrote together. He wrote it on notebook paper. And um, right now the uh, I'm going to put them on the spot. The the WWE hall of fame uh, actually is looking to potentially acquire these pieces of paper, which I'm, I'm happy to give to them. You know, of course I want Mm -hmm. WrestleMania ringside, you know, (laughs) obviously. Right. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. WrestleMania ringside post covid when you can actually be there in person so if i stayed yeah. in 2023 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome that's man so i mean i'm gonna try and negotiate with them uh they don't know that yet but maybe not <laughs> in public but I, I you know i got to <clears throat> it's great when you're when you're a social media manager and you work on uh when you work on really anything right you you get a lot of cool experiences that people may not expect like even just being able to interview developers you know, I, I worked with Corey Barlog for over seven years at Santa Monica Studio. He is and, amazing. Nicest you know, dude. Nicest dude. Yep. He he is he is definitely the nicest dude. And um, you know, just being able to get to know him and being able to kind of, you know, uh interview and 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 be part of that culture and, and have those opportunities and get to know your developers, you know, inside out who you know, the fans on the other side kind of, you know, look up to again as like superheroes and these incredible people that make, you know, the world's best games. And so, you know, that's cool. And um, another opportunity that I was, I was very, very fortunate to have at PlayStation. Um, a lot of times social media manager, you get to travel, you know, where your game goes, you go. And a lot, you know, that could be going to Gamescom in Germany. It could be, Sometimes, you know, the marketing team would ask me, can you go to, um, you know, to, I think it was like Nashville to the GameStop conference and present the game to 300 GameStop managers. Um, But the the coolest, the the coolest, the single coolest travel experience I've had in my career um, because of what I do, um, I was given the opportunity for God of War on our, when we were doing our, um, our press tour, around the world um, about a month before the launch came out. Um, <clears throat> Corey uh, and our design director at the time, Derek Daniels, um, they were going to go cover Europe. Uh, they were basically splitting the north and south of Europe to go take the game around to press. Well, somebody at the same exact time had to go to Asia and the development team was trying to finalize the game. And it wasn't 
you know, it wasn't like I was the first person in line to go to Asia, but because the development team was so focused, there was nobody that could be elected to go because they had to, you know, squash the bugs and finish the game. So they, they asked me, they said, Aaron, could you go represent the studio and the game um, on our Asia press tour for God of War? Wow. And it was the coolest experience ever. It was 11 That's days. Awesome. I went in 11 days. I went to um, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Seoul, Taipei, uh, <clears throat> Singapore, Sydney, Australia, and back home. They hit all those places. Damn. And, um, it that's was, a schedule, but that's gotta yeah. be fun though. <laughs> it was, it was, it was amazing. I got to taste the culture, learn the culture, you know, present our game in different languages. And, um, so, you know, when you're, when you're, when, when you're a social media manager, it's not to say that you're going to get to go travel. You're going to get to, you know, hang with your favorite developers all the time, but, but those are definitely fringe benefits that, um, you know, come by way of, of being in a role like this. And I'm, I'm super fortunate and appreciative. Um, and you know, there's, there's plenty of those fringe benefits here at Square Enix as well, just by doing what we do. Number one, I get to be here and talk to you guys, which is amazing. Right? It is. That's awesome, man. Um, now when you, when you look at, you know, social media and stuff and some of the things you've done with building up different components, right. Through the companies you've been with, what is now like the biggest challenge now to building up the social media presence and the community presence when you look at the current climate is Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you know, every day there looks like they're, you know, you've got Clubhouse now starting up. Um, what is the biggest challenges that you guys have as a social media team? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think it's, um, I think staying focused is the toughest challenge, right? Because there are new applications and social media channels that are popping up. It seems left and right. You're right. Clubhouse yep. is the new hot tool and, you know, Twitter themselves has um, live spaces now also that you can, that certain people are getting access to that is essentially a mirror of what Clubhouse is, but on Twitter, um, you know, Facebook and Snapchat and WhatsApp and Discord and Twitch <laughs> and TikTok. <laughs> Uh, and the list goes on and Twitter and, you know, and Instagram and Instagram stories and Twitter fleets. And so <laughs> you look at as a social media manager, you look at all these tasty, shiny new cars. Right. And it's I think as a social manager, it's it's difficult sometimes when you're looking at all these things and you see the Netflixes and the Disney's and the HBO's and the NFL's of the world, you know, seem to be kind of optimizing on a lot of these platforms at the same time. And I, I can't help but admit that I get some envy at times. I'm like, man, like, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. And it's coming in my feet every two seconds. And um, it's not to say that those guys are doing all those different things. It's just to say that when I'm looking at my social feed and I see all the cool shit that's happening out there, I am always, always struggling to keep myself focused. Like keep your eyes on yep. the prize, right? Like the prize right now is Square Enix, what is right for us? What are the best channels for us where our fans are, where we can make the biggest impact? You know, when we, something here at Square that I know a lot of companies do is, you know, when we're looking at any of our games and we're going to decide to start a social media channel for it, let's take Forspoken, right? That just was announced. Yep. Now, well, I can't get into Amazing, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely cannot wait for that game. 
it's yeah, it's it's you know Luminous Productions who's creating it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I just started to get to know them a little bit. The marketing team, everybody behind that game. Um, I, I can't say a word further, but I can tell you, um, <laughs> it's 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 special. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be cool. Um, but you know, let's let's take a game like that for example. And when we're you know months ago talking about like what what social channels are we going to launch for for spoken right like is it twitter is it facebook is it instagram is it tiktok um you know not to get into like the the weeds on it but we go through like what are the fundamentals of each of these channels what is the way we want to land there right we know twitter is by far and away the single best place on social media to have a conversation right that's my opinion i mean sure we can look at we can look at discord that's a real time chat room but I truly think like where the most frequent, vibrant, you know, rush hour traffic is, it's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You post something up on Twitter, boom, you've got five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten replies. You want to be right in there in the engagement, you know, replying. You know, you guys know what I'm all about. You know, it's like sitting yep. at that dinner table, having a cup of coffee with your fans. That's that's our our mantra, right? Mm-hmm. And so we think about that through the eyes of Forspoken, and we're like, okay, this is what the marketing campaign looks like. This is the marketing strategy. Um, what channels make the most sense. And, um, and we landed on, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for various different reasons. Um, and so we, we go through that process. And, but Clubhouse, eh, why, why, what, what am I going to do on Clubhouse? Yeah. So, you, so you basically answered what was going to be my next question was like, I was going to ask, do you feel obligated to have to get on all of these platforms and, and feel like an obligation to like, post on everything, but really you assess what is the best way to get it mm-hmm. out in a broader way and it, to not have to go on every one of those platforms. Yeah. I think again, like the hottest social media place to be right now is TikTok, easily. Right. And so right, I've right. been looking at TikTok for six months. I, I have a partner contact, uh, a, a, a great woman named Tiffany Wu, who works at ByteDance that, you know, is my, my lead partner contact. I have, Mm -hmm. I have partner contacts at each of the social channels that I stay in touch with. And, you know, they're, they're always in their, their best of friendly lobbying ways, you know, saying, Hey, we've got this new feature on our platform. Check this out, check this out. And so Tiffany, I've been talking for six months about, you know, how and when can we land Square Enix on TikTok, right? Like, and I'm looking at, you know, Xbox, who's doing a phenomenal job on TikTok. I think, I think they're just nailing it. Right. And, and, I kind of aspire to them, you know, PlayStation's on there too. You know, there's not a lot of game brands on TikTok yet, a lot of entertainment, sports brands, but um, for TikTok in particular, you know, I know that, yeah, I can take these little gameplay nostalgic moments and create meme fun stuff. (laughs) And, and that could be cool, but is, is that the right thing? Like, is that how I want the impression of Square Enix to be seen (laughs) on TikTok, which is this platform that's all about, fun and music and kind of how-to videos and making you laugh and kind of lo-fi garage shop type approach. But once I go on TikTok, and this is another thing to consider, it's, it's not to say it's a bad resource hog, but it's a resource hog. You can't just go on a social channel, start there and then not show up often. And it becomes a dead elephant graveyard. Correct. You know, the the algorithm is going to kick you in the ass and you're going to get nothing there. Even if you're Square Enix, Maybe, you know, Square Enix, we can take our name for granted and put something up and we'll get good engagement. But if we don't keep it up, 
we're just gonna we're gonna plateau real quick. And I so think that's you, you, yeah. Go ahead. I think because I do most of our social, you know, for the podcast between Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram, and all that is like TikTok is the hardest beast out of all of them because to your point algorithms because if you're not in there posting at least three videos a day the algorithm does forget you i don't have the time is is it three yeah it's a minimum of three that's the way like all the huge content creators have said you minimally need to post three um you know videos of some sort every single day to keep within that algorithm i don't have that cycle right now between family work the podcast um doing all of that stuff um to really be on there three times a day posting videos, you know, um, to me, I think Twitter, like you said, Twitter is an amazing place, um, you know, for engagement and even like, that's how we've been able to get some of the, like even the final fantasy seven guys yeah. on the podcast was because of Twitter, you know, yeah. was it's, it's, still, it's still the platform that where you can get to the closest of who you want to be your subject or, you know, who you're following. You could genuinely, really talk to them if you know if they're listening yep and that's also what i was uh kind of aiming at so you so when it comes to deciding a platform you really have to assess because you 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 guys go like go gung-ho on it and it's a commitment like you can't just post here and there that's right yeah so for tiktok for example you know um i one of my goals this year is to get on tiktok but I need to make sure that, you know, my team is ready. I'm ready. We have a content pipeline that's ready. We've got maybe our first 10 posts that are ready. We know what our, what, what is our tone? What's our content strategy? You know, there's, there's right. over the course of my career, there's been plenty of times where, again, the new shiny social channel object appears. And even for myself, you, you want to be first. You want to go grab your Twitter username. I've been on Twitter since Twitter started. Right. But I haven't had a brand that's been on Twitter since Twitter started. Um, It takes time to build. When I came into Santa Monica Studio, um, we had uh, uh, we had I think we had I I think when I started there in 2012, there was a Twitter. Yes, there was a Twitter account. It was um, probably a few thousand followers and it was essentially being used by the HR team for recruiting, which which is perfectly fine. That's not that's not Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. But there was nothing else there. The, the studio had zero social media presence. And so over the course of the seven years that I was there, um, I built up our social channels, uh, Twitter notably, from effectively zero to over 300,000 followers by the time I left. And But that took seven years. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and sure, you can get lucky. Like last week, we did a two-meter giveaway uh, heading into our Square Enix Presents that you probably saw. And we said, follow our account, hashtag Square Enix Presents, and reply to us, and we'll give you a free code for a two-meter PC game. Now, again, taking for granted that we're Square Enix and we have a, a, a good kind of organic following, we grew 200,000 followers overnight, which is wow. like absolutely... Wow. It's, that's like that's, that's insane. insane right like I didn't, <laughs> in my wildest dreams i didn't expect that and you know when the when kind of the the dust settled and the 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 kind of the the happiness of that moment you know kind of like went away i said oh shit i've got two hundred thousand new followers but now i have to keep them mm-hmm. and right. you know yes we are getting some unfollows since then right i mean how would you not like you just yeah. come to get a free thing and then you leave, right? I understand that. Yep. 
But now as your growth gets bigger, your engagement gets smaller because the algorithm makes it harder for you to reach all of your people without starting to put paid media. So, you know, it's like, it's almost like better when you're smaller because you get that like tight knit family engagement and the larger you become, the more spread out and the harder it becomes to like talk to everybody. That's an interesting social you media. You kind of you thing. you kind of lose that personal touch a little bit the yeah. the bigger you grow, right? You do, and I look. I, I want to grow to ten million. Okay, I, I don't want to not stop growing. It's just to say that in social media, it's interesting that a lot of times we focus on growth when what we really want to be focusing on is our engagement rate. That that's kind right. of the new shiny yep. phrase of the past few years. You know, yes, I'm happy we're nine hundred thousand plus, but if my engagement rate goes from five percent to three percent i'm not happy so now i got to figure out how do i cover that delta even though now i've grown and i don't want to lose sight of our identity who we are and and still be true to that so that's just a bit of a ramble for you know some of the different ways we think now when you look at your social media engagement and stuff like that um but one thing i want to ask you is like how do you how do you feel when you see that some of your guys's biggest supporters in terms of like content creators um, you know, looking at like Night Sky Prince, Soldier First Class, Unaleska, to name a few, is like when you see them come under attack by some of Square's fans and stuff. How does it make you guys feel as a like from a social media and community perspective that you see some of those guys after coming attack from certain segments of the population that they decide they want to stop making content? Oh, that's a sad topic. You know, um, this this idea of like cancel culture, cancel people, right? Like. Um, people kind of coming under attack for all kinds of different things, you know, whether what you believe in your politics, your, Mm -hmm. your race, your, you know, your games you love, right? Like this character versus that character. And suddenly it becomes like this very serious, you know, online battle or conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I have a lot of empathy for our creators, our influencers that, you know, pour blood, sweat, and tears into, um, you know, uh, Alex McCullough, right? Creating amazing music every week, it yep. seems like Square Enix. Um, you know, uh, Yorha on Twitter, who is one of our absolute biggest fans, um, you know, that's sometimes creating fan art. Um, mm-hmm. Unaleska, like you mentioned, you know, yep. amazing streamer, right? You know, what a lovely woman. And, you know, she's doing incredible mm-hmm. things. Um, and everybody's got their own personalities and their own beliefs and things like that. Um, you know, I think when, when our creators, you know, unfortunately have, you know, different dynamics with our fans and and whatnot, um, it is, it's difficult as a brand to like come in and intersect and be the mediator because you're never going to win. You know, it's like you say one thing, these 10 other people say another, and suddenly you find that your brand is in the mix of this argument. Right. And so that's, that's a tight rope to walk. And I think while I, I feel a lot of empathy for that, I trust in the creators to kind of do what's best for them um, and, and make the right decisions. And if the right decision is, you know, I, I cannot sustain doing this under this kind of pressure, then that's okay. You know, like you got to do what's best for you. You got kids, family, your life on the outside. You know, if, if this is your passion and, you know, um, for whatever reason, it's not working out, Um, I think as a brand, you know, I would love to be in a place where, and I think it would be case by case, you know, if I could have that personal interaction and maybe even talk offline with that person and say, Hey, 
I can't necessarily get in the middle of this, right? You know, I've, I've got to work, I've got to worry about my home base over here, but you are also one of our most important fans and you do incredible things. What can I do to help you? Is there anything I can do? Um, I haven't exactly been in that, that specific position, but I think, again, unfortunately, as a, as a brand, I think you have to pick and choose, you know, what, what are the poker chips you're going to play? What are the conversations, the tough ones that you're going to be a part mm -hmm. of, that you're going to take a stand in, you know, and for us, that's, you know, um, getting rid of Asian hate, Black Lives Matter, Pride Month, right? Uh, for us, that's, you know, equality and, you know, celebrating all our fans, no matter who you are. Yep. Um, we have an influencer team. Um, and they're amazing. Nell, Kat and Adam, you know, and, and they are, you know, far be it for me to suggest, you know, what we do in these kinds of situations when, you know, they are the, the agents, they are the kind of the relationship holders, you know, with all of our most amazing creators out there. And I, I depend and trust in them to, you know, to figure out what the right decision is. Sometimes they'll come to us and say, Hey, you know, we're having this issue. Do you think, do you think the Square Enix Twitter account can, you know, help amplify this person and give more, a little bit more love mm -hmm. and exposure, or, you know, what do you think about this? And, um, one last thing I'll say is that, you know, and, and some people may disagree with this, but, you know, a lot of people, we like to say like all opinions, you know, are my own, you know, in my Twitter bio. Right. But when you, when you work at a brand, no matter who you are, yes, all opinions are your own, but all opinions can sometimes connect back to, you know, affecting me and the brand and other people that work here. We are all one family, you know, doesn't matter what, um, what brand you work under when, when you go out to the world and you say something, it can reflect upon your brand. Right. And that's not to say we shouldn't have our right to say what we want to say. Everybody should, you know, go out there and, mm -hmm. and do it. We all kind of, we all kind of like, you know, walk that line of what level of risk do we want to have? Um, but I think when you're a social media manager, you also have to kind of be mindful of that, right? Because you're, you're representing the company. And mm -hmm. so that's also a tightrope to walk. Um, but uh, I, I love the day and age that we're in right now where we're all getting out there and celebrating our beliefs and being passionate. And, um, mm -hmm. and I'm not one to shy away from that. I just, I like to just express that, yeah. you know, my, my brothers and sisters sitting next to me here, I have to think about them when I'm out in the world doing what I do. And that's an amazing point of view to have. Um, yeah, well, so I know we get to get you out of here because um, you've got the rest of your day to go with. But so what is some of the like the biggest advice you can give to somebody that wants to move into being in a social media role for a company um, in the gaming industry? Um, you know, what's some of the biggest advice that you can give? You just touched oh. on some of it right there by saying, make sure you walk, you know, you got to represent the brand too, but what else, what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, I think first and foremost is practice the art, right? Like, you know, the thousands of creators out there that are running their Twitch channels, building up their, you know, their brand. I mean, they're doing it better than I am. Like, holy crap. You know, like look at Dr. Lupo. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like if I could be Dr. Lupo in my role right now and raise millions of dollars and have that kind of following. Wow. Like mm -hmm. really? Wow. Um, so I think number one is, um, get passionate about social media, like understand the landscape, 
go find, you know, 10 of your favorite brands. You know, for me, it's Disney, Netflix, HBO, the NFL, the San Francisco Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, the Golden State Warriors. I'm sharing my sports beliefs here. We need to talk uh, about that. You know, go, go. Enjoy, go find not, your not bad choices. Brands. Not bad. Find your favorite brands and see what they're doing on social media. How are they representing themselves? Learn and get inspired from that. Um, study the tools, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, stay on the cutting edge of what's new clubhouse, right? Like bookmark some, uh, some sites that are going to tell you, you know, from the, for dummies one-on-one to, you know, advanced stuff like socialmediaexaminer.com, later.com, you know, those are two great sites that have amazing blogs for social media tips and for dummies kind of how to do things. Right. So that's baseline, get your foundation, to actually segue into the game industry as a social media manager, there's a million and one different ways that that can happen. When people ask me this question, some of the recommendations that I give are a few of the following. One, it is true, getting into QA and being a game tester can lead to just about any job in the game industry. So if you can get your foot in the door, whether it's as a QA position or an internship or the mailroom, whatever it is, you get your foot in the door at a developer or publisher. Your goal is to kick ass at that job, whatever it is you're doing. But your bigger goal is to network the F out of the people around you. Go have lunch and coffee. Be the nicest person in the building. And try to get to know the person who you want to be. So when I was at Santa Monica Studio, there were people on the QA team who would sometimes come to me and be like, hey, if you ever have an opening, I'd love to work with you. I'd go have lunch, coffee. I developed a friendship. And, you know, before you know it, maybe when that opening happens, you know, there's something there. Um, so that's, that's one inroad, right? And it's not the easiest, but it's, and because it's not the easiest because everybody's trying to do that. Yeah. Another way that I think is kind of less, a couple different ways that I think are less traveled. Um, I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen some folks come up through the editorial space and you know, even like what you guys are doing. By virtue of your podcast, no matter how big or small it is and your your Twitch show, we've connected. Now I know you, Matt. Now I know you, Gerard. Yep. And maybe one day you guys are going to come to me and be like, Aaron, I saw this position open at Square Enix for a social media manager. You know, love to apply. Like, dude, Matt, I love what you're doing with your podcast, what you're building up. You know, you definitely got it. Like, let me get you in the interview cycle and let's talk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think doing things like this or if you're um, – if you're at a GameSpot or an IGN, or you can get in with an editorial place, a lot of times, you know, all those places are networking with marketer and PR and social media folks on the other side. So, you know, sometimes you should think about, can I get a job where that entity is networking with people in the gaming industry? And I'm going to develop that relationship. Um, the third and, and final way I would say is, um, what is it? Uh, Go, go be part of the community that you want to work in. So if you're a massive Battlefield fan or Fortnite or Square Enix, right? Like go, be, go become one of the core followers and figure out a way to get to know the me behind the veil, right? Behind mm -hmm. the curtain. Um, you know, you could be someone on, on Reset Era or Discord who's who's so vocal and active that the community manager may want to reach out to him and be like, Hey, I really appreciate your opinion. And suddenly you're developing a relationship there. 
and that might lead to something. So I think, I think what I'm getting at is, you know, sure, you can go through your resume into the pile, right? And, and it's, you know, it's, it's going to Vegas and playing roulette unless your resume really sticks out, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the best way to try to get, and frankly, almost any job, it's relationship building and finding those unique avenues to figure out a way to build a relationship with the person on the other side who you want to be, but also recognizing that that person is probably getting pelted by 10 other people. So how do you, you know, how do you make your presence felt or, you know, without being a jerk or egotistical and um, how can you somehow bridge a connection there? And that's not easy. Um, but that's, I've, I've done that with a number of people mm-hmm. over the years um, and a number of which who I've, who I've gone on to see, you know, become very successful. One is uh, Manny Perez, who uh, I was just texting with last night. He's a, a community manager at Bethesda. Um, I didn't help him get oh, that job. <laughs> I didn't help him get that job, but, um, but he's someone that initially reached out to me and we developed a friendship through social media and got to know each other, had some phone calls and, I just saw a spark there. I saw something unique and interesting. And um, um, I forgot how he got the job at Bethesda, but when he did, I was super proud of him. And he texted me last night just to, and we were just chatting and maybe one day we'll be working together. Who knows? I think that you talk about something like that, like just getting to know people. And I think you look at with us, like Soldier First Class, who's huge on the square, you know, with Final Fantasy front, but like John Eric Bentley played Barrett in FF7. Like we met him at, the demo at E3 and by just talking through social media and everything, we've developed that friendship. And now, I mean, he's, I consider him, you know, a, a close friend now, you know, it's awesome. the point where, you know, we're all sitting there talking about once I get moved to Phoenix, ne- you know, end of next month that, Hey, when are we all getting together? <laughs> you know, we yeah. went out to, we were all in LA, the whole pot, you know, whole podcast was in LA um, back in September and we all went to lunch, yeah. you know, with John and, and, Matthews. Um, and it's just amazing that those opportunities, like, even though you're, you're not doing it for, you know, purposes like, Hey, my sole purpose to getting to know you is because I want your, you know, the job you do, but it's more just okay. to deal that's, with it. On a, well, and some people there are, <laughs> but you know, for me, it's like, Hey, I just want to get to know you, you know, yeah. you, the person, what yes, you're about. Yeah. what you're about, what you do for your job. Right. I do. I, you know, is it nice to say, yeah, I know an actor in Hollywood. I'm good friends with him. Sure. But to me, it's like, Hey, you, your family, you know, I call you up, Hey, how the kids doing, you know, how's, how's your basketball, whatever. And we rarely talk shop, you know, we rarely talk about any, you know, acting gigs or anything like that. He comes up unless, you know, he brings it up. And it's because it's like, you know, I care about you as a person, not kind of what you do. Right. Well, I want to, I want to end on a story. That's exactly that. Um, so there's a guy, um, well, he's one of my best friends. His name is Matt Everett. He goes by Sledgehammer on uh, on Twitter. Um, he's an amazing human being. And I met Matt in 2005 at EA. Um, he, I was working on Lord of the Rings Battle of Middle Earth. That was the first game I ever worked on nice. um, before I transitioned over to Command & Conquer because the Command & Conquer mm-hmm. team, uh, after they finished Command & Conquer 3, they went to go make Lord of the Rings Battlefield Earth, the RTS game, and then back to Command & Conquer. Sorry, after Command & Conquer Generals, they went to that. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Command & Conquer 3. But anyways, during that time, uh, Matt, he was starting a, uh, a fan site for our game. He was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Wow. And back in that time when there was no you know, Twitter, Twitch, whatever, there was IRC chat rooms, and there's fan sites. And I don't remember how, but he and I 
got acclimated because I was EA APOC on the message boards. And I'd always see this guy sledgehammer commenting and, you know, sometimes dissing our game or saying, <laughs> I was like, clearly this person is someone important. So, uh, I used to, uh, run, uh, community days back in back then, which today you would call an influencer event, which was essentially where we'd find 15 of the most of our most important fans running fan sites, et cetera, invite them to our studio have them play our game, wine and dine, treat them like press, treat them amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Feedback, all that stuff. Well, Matt was someone who I brought out to a couple of those events. And um, when we interacted in person, I just saw something really special in this guy. Like I could clearly tell he was ready to go, you know, to the next thing. Like he's running his fan site, he builds computers. He eventually started like running tournaments. And I was like, man, like, this dude is driven. And so a few years in, um, when there was an opening at EA on the EA mobile, as that division was building up, uh, they were looking for a community manager and I referred him. I was like, he's running these incredible fan sites over here. He's working for this land cafe tournament place, uh, running tournaments. And, um, long story short, he got the job and he moved out here to, uh, well, he was living in Temecula, and he, um, he was like commuting from Temecula to LA every day. But what wow. matters most is that that job turned into almost an eight year run for him at EA. Wow. And he went on to become one of EA's greatest community managers ever overseeing battlefield apex legends, uh, star Wars battlefront. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. He was, <laughs> he was someone that they didn't want to leave. He left, not because he didn't like EA, but he's actually kind of part starting his own business now, working with another founder of an automotive company. And the best part about this whole entire story, we're talking 15 years ago now, is he's one of my closest friends. And I've been there with him to hang out with his kids and his beautiful baby girl, Kara, that was just born. And we text and and it's all because of that what we started 15 years ago, that spark. Right. And so to me, like, that's the ultimate, right? Like not only you help someone get in the industry, you become friends and um, you know, that that gets me kind of emotional because Mm -hmm. he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good dude. And that's what it's about though. That's amazing. Honestly, that's (laughs) that's what it's about. Right. One last question for you as we get out of here and close it out is something we ask of all of our guests. What is your favorite game to play for game night when you actually are able to have game night with family and friends? What's the family game that the ends family game? all? Yeah. Like a video game? No, it doesn't <laughs> mean it could game, be board game, card whatever. game, anything. But what's the family game what's night that? game that can like end feuds or, or start feuds? <laughs> or start them. Yeah. <laughs> Cards Against Humanity with my five-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's fun. Um, oh, man. I mean, okay, well, right now, this phase in life, it's trouble because I, I play yeah. it with my son and my wife, and you can play it with the four people. So, awesome. Trouble. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your morning to actually come on and be with us for, for this. Um, definitely a lot of insight into kind of the life of the social media uh, managers <laughs> and stuff. Top line. <laughs> um, you guys don't have an easy job. 
no. this day and age in social media. So um, absolutely thank you for, for coming on and being a part of this. Yeah. Thank you for all of the information. And, and uh, you know, it's, thank you so much for coming onto this platform too, because it's hard to get that information out there. A lot of younger people don't know the right steps to try and do what you do. And a lot of that information is kind of hard to find. And thank you for, for broadening it and, uh, and, uh, you know, op- answering all those questions for, for those who might want to go into the same, uh, same Avenue. Yeah. I hope, I hope it helps. It's a, it's a really fun role. It never stops. It's 24 seven. This is not nine to five and, you know, you go home and have a beer or whatever and just mm-hmm. hang out. Right. Like <laughs> yeah, they do that, but I've got my phone, like, you know, like, right. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, my, my pleasure. Um, uh, shameless promotion. You can reach me at, at just underscore tank at uh, Twitter. Ask me the questions. Mm-hmm. Fire away. I'm, I'm always there. I try my best. I'm really bad at responding sometimes because, you know, sorry. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you once again. Um, thank you again, man. Cool. Thank you yeah, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. See you soon. Bye. All right, everybody. So that was our interview with Aaron Kaufman from Square Enix. Um, great guy. Hope to have him back on again. Um, we can actually so talk too, about man. more things. Um, and hopefully you can make it, Jason. Oh, my God. Uh, work. I'm what watching, do you do? What are you I'm doing? watching you squirm just, as you're watching that, knowing uh, that we were talking to Square. And you've been not saying, just, not just Square, Square but like, hire me. But, <laughs> Square, square, please hire me still. Yeah. But like he's like talking about like oh and this and then he's like yo I'll make connections with you Matt and Gerard. I was like oh my god I could have been there I could have been like yo man like uh so you uh I don't know you need anything you need you need an assistant you need, you need someone, someone to coffee, just like do some you know. mail runs you know like <laughs> right. I'll be a coffee guy you know yeah. like, ah. ah. But no, to George's point though, it was. I don't know. We can't hear him now. Uh, he's, oh, there it is. No. Oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, God, <laughs> that was a little joke. Sorry. No, that was that was really that was no, actually really. I, <laughs> <laughs> Frank, yes, yeah. <laughs> So I want to say, though, it was really nice. So like Gerard, you pointed it out, though, right? It was really nice to him to actually kind of lay it out going, hey, you need to do A, B, C, D. This yeah. is what I recommend. Because to your point, right, a lot of this information isn't out there in the world, you know, on yeah. how to get into social media content, you know, manager for a company. Regardless if it's in a gaming movie, industry, it doesn't matter. It's not really out there. Um or that and even that the job know. exists like this that's a real right. job and like it's i mean a lot of people like, know those yeah. jobs and a lot of people feel that like the only way was to be a qa and then work QA in, or yeah work in from a qa yep. or have like a master's degree in yeah finance and become yep. an accountant for them and such or you know you you go get a, a degree in media relations or something like that and have to move into pr and then move from there so yeah. there, there are other avenues that you can take now, and there are other ways for you to to, to get into the industries that you want. And uh, but the it's still crazy to me that the information is still kind of hard to get. Yep. It, you know, like like you said, the only real way a lot of people want, like say the gaming industry is QA. Like everyone yeah. knows about being a tester now, but 
other than that, like I, the only thing that they ever, I was ever told was uh, you got to know how to code. I was like, yeah. okay, so how, how do I do that? Like yeah. now that information is getting out there. So it, yeah, it's great. And it's great when, you know, guests like that can, can give information out there and, 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 you know, inform the people that want to take those avenues. Yeah. And of course there's like multiple avenues, you know, artists uh, go one direction, programmers go one directions, you know, it's, it's just eye opening though, from like him being social media that like, Hey, like we have to start doing these things now when he's saying like, Hey, I know that free game of two and I'm like, man, I missed that. But two, I was like, I was like, Hey, you know, that's true too. You know, like the social the content creators, they, sometimes can get in that way as well and you know thank you again for giving all that information you know absolutely yeah so let's talk about some of the gaming news um that's kind of happened over the last couple of days um as we close things out tonight um first and foremost um in the realm of gamestop uh reggie philomy who famously joined their board of directors last year um along with doing his columbia fellowship uh, he is leaving the board of directors at the end of June. Um, <laughs> high, and by. high and by. Wow. See ya. Put, um, put it on the resume. Like um, I'm, dude. Does Reggie really need that on his resume? I know, but I mean, like, what? Like, I mean, come on. I honestly, what, 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 what was that like? Less than a year about. Like, was he just like trying to? just see what games I, all about. honestly like, i wouldn't be surprised if he thought that it was a toxic company and i possibly well it's didn't like the directions that they're going or is in fearful of the directions or directions that they're not or going. so he offered up his advice and said hey this is kind of where we should probably go and they told him to go pound sand you know I mean, the guy is a marketing genius when it comes to because they're stuff. they're closing and, down what another few hundred stores and yep. some stores are saying I mean, closed for you know like re re not redecorating remodeling and stuff and, remodeling because you know, they're trying stuff, to yeah. figure out what they want to um, do. But I think honestly, shutting down some stores is probably a great thing to do for the financial viability of the company. Granted, I don't want to see people lose their jobs in any way, shape, or form. I think those mm-hmm. employees should move to the other stores, but. Literally, from where I live right here, is there is a GameStop right across the street. And then I can go five minutes down the road, and there's another one. Yeah. You know, true. From a business standpoint, all of the stores being closed. IGN uh, actually just reported on it that um, they're they're still, as a company, uh, are failing. Yeah, and the oh, yeah. closing of the stores is really just putting a patch and, on the wound and slowing the bleeding. So they're slowly, they're still bleeding mm-hmm. money. That's even worse. What's so, worse is the money they raised <laughs> as part of all that fiasco with the stock market still didn't help. Yeah, I, like see, I, I, so, I do agree that like ha- like closing close a lot of the stores down, not like all of them. But I mean, no, you're not right. a, you're not a Starbucks man. You you sell a goods that right? are like sixty dollars, seventy dollars. That if you if like all three of us go in and buy, let's say, Cyberpunk, you know, which a lot of people probably did. But like, I mean, just for an example, mm-hmm. if all three of us buy it from one store for seventy dollars, that's it. Like, you're not gonna get. Like, I'm not gonna go to another store and say, "Hey, let me get another copy right. of that." Yeah. So you don't you don't sell. 
like perishable goods. It's like, here it is. You can buy the game. And then us ourselves might be like, hey, like we might sell ourselves like because we don't want to play it anymore. Like a lot of so, people and just like sell it off for like 50 bucks instead of getting the $20 that you would get mm-hmm. like in store credit or whatever. Or less. Actually, so I less. think they need to, I think GameStop really needs to look at Blockbuster um, and what happened with Blockbuster because it was one of those things that I actually just watched the, the documentary on, on Netflix called The Last, the Last Blockbuster. Blockbuster. God, it made me cry internally <laughs> I knew seeing some of that. God. I mean, I, I gotta see and that. I still think I see that. We, need to, we need to take a trip up to Bend and go see this, The Last Store. The last. We really do yeah. before they lose their licensing and stuff for the name. But it was like... At that time, when Blockbuster was exploding, there was one Blockbuster opening every 17 hours in the country. And, I mean, there was good 6,000-plus stores. But the problem is, like, when you looked at where my store was out in Colorado, we had two stores that were within a 10, 15-minute drive of us. So we were just close enough to where people could go bounce around between stores whatever they needed to so we were almost siphoning financial stability off of each other yeah because we because if you were sold out of one video at one location your location might have a few copies and they could just easily drive up the street you know but it was also too is is that is we were just close enough to where you could just drive to whichever store was closest at that time and Mm -hmm. go to the store so it wasn't far enough away and when you look at leases, cam fees, all of that, it was not a good situation. I, I think that's the situation that GameStop is in. And mm-hmm. I do think they do need to close some stores, um, shift Definitely. the employees over to the, the other stores, you know, because yeah. you don't want to lose some of that experience, right? Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with GameStop. Um, they need to they, do something. I know they they're trying to shift the for- to a- They are at the forefront of a, of a, of a complete change because you're right, Matt. They need to look at what what Blockbuster did, because they're well. What they didn't they really do. are. Well, what they didn't do. Tr- yes, true. Yeah. Because Blockbuster just completely stayed to what they were and weren't adapting with streaming or even yeah. the, the well, new rental that, that Redbox. Is what we're going to get, which essentially is what took Game them Sox down. GameStop. Well, no. So that. if you it, go watch the documentary, because like for me, I know for a fact. Netflix is not what did Blockbuster in. I know for a fact Redbox is not what did Blockbuster in because I was on the front lines for 10 and a half oh, years. Oh, yeah. I'm, but I'm sure bad. all of that like sped well, up whatever Blockbuster yeah. was not doing. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with the financial crisis of, of 2006 when that collapse happened with Lehman Brothers and stuff. But, um, but then the other thing you got to think about that. is like VHS and DVD, they were becoming more and more, you know, extinct. I well, can't remember. That time, VHS was was like it was VHS was dead, I mean, like was pretty dead. much started, and and we, then we were getting yeah. into Blu-ray and and mm-hmm. HD and whatever, and then whatever one obviously Blu-ray, mm-hmm. you know, yep. Blu-ray did not have a large life cycle. It's like it's still out there, but the main like th- those are kind of the main sales is like either DVDs or Blu-ray, and yep. now digital download. Yeah, I mean. I had you my gotta first keep up Blu-ray. with what's going on. Now video Blu-ray. games are starting to be digital. Yep. And I think that's the way you gotta look at it because I had my first Blu-ray player at 2000 in 2000. 
I was working for no 99. Really? I was working for Best Buy at the time. When, when, uh, when did the, um, oh, no, the that first was the PS3 come out? Sorry, that was my first DVD. My first Blu-ray player would have been 2000. Right after the first PS3 came out. Yeah, that's I why I dropped the money. That was for my Blu-ray, first Blu-ray you know? player was the the big PS3. Oh, it wasn't that was even for me. I actually bought a standalone player. Oh um, no, I dropped that I, like PS3 was my Blu-ray player um, <laughs> for six hundred dollars. That thing but, did everything for me. I did. Oh I lord, use, I use hey, that uh, thing all the time. Jerry, my wife sends her normal greeting. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, Ew train going. Ew. Ew. Ew train is going. So, you know, I, listen, I think GameStop does serve a purpose in the gaming industry. It, it does. Really does. It does. But they need to recover smartly and start looking at oversaturation just because there's so many stores yes. in the area out here that you're killing the other stores. You really are. I mean, I'm heck, not, up yeah. the road in Mechanicsville here, there's two stores literally within – five blocks of each other yeah I, and the I reason they're open is because that, one does better with collectibles than the other i think that gamestop is going to be gone in maybe five seven years seven years i give them uh, five uh, or less unless, unless they, they think change. of a way to to restructure because because honestly i i kind of like the well, idea of them becoming like a gaming laos excuse me because i can't speak uh reverse that a gaming lounge slash store. Exactly. That's why I'm giving. Which them I think I, I think could work because then you're well, kind of going into one market of like dealing with children in more of a stay there capacity, and also having a storefront. But who I think knows? the problem though? The problem with it though is you went and ticked off one of the big three, because Sony does not allow digital games to be sold through GameStop anymore. Yeah, that's they, that's they have been one. predominantly with X Men or uh, uh, Xbox, <laughs> X Men. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Xbox. so speaking of Nintendo, um, two things came out this week. Is one they are working with Niantic, who is the dev for Pokemon Go, to develop yes, a Pikmin game. Um, it's going to have some looks like have some AR capabilities to it. It's more designed to help more to get people up and walking and stuff like that. So um, the other news, though. And we've been talking about the possibility of Switch Pro for a while now with all the rumors and the new screen, the new 7-inch OLED and all that. But um, NVIDIA announced that they are no longer going to be making the chipset for the Switch. Okay, so they are saying we're, we're done. Well, they're moving on to bigger things, right? You've, mm-hmm. you've got to stay ahead of the chip game. You can't keep producing older chips. It's It's actually more costly to produce older chips than it is the newer ones from a production line standpoint. So um, the rumors are coming out that um, Nintendo is going to be switching to the new NVIDIA chipset, which will increase memory and CPU. Um, they're planning it for year-end, uh, which is kind of the rumors going on. It's year-end rumor now. Um, but it looks like it's going to support DLSS, which is deep learning super sampling, which is um, part of the new NVIDIA chipset that helps with high-fidelity graphics and delivering them more efficiently. So it's going to allow the switch wild docked to be 4k i don't know i don't, I don't know well i mean no I, I can see them doing it because like you guys said with the way nintendo d- goes with their chip route 
the car- cartridge route for for their games, and they can still mm-hmm. project 4K or at least 1080p. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see kind of. I can see the price getting a, a you know a little like actually I, way more expensive because I would see. Have to go, I could see a jump to 350, 400 on a new Switch. I just don't see. Yeah, but them. that's. That's the, way, way beyond Nintendo's like price ranges with with consoles will, and stuff like that. Uh, they'll, they'll do it. They'll do it. it. They'll but do I it. think you're right. I I think it's not still only will they make it, but also people are gonna buy it. I mean, it's still yeah. like what a two hundred dollar difference than the other. Yeah. Well, generation. no. So at this point, you've got two hundred bucks for the Switch Lite. You have yeah. three hundred dollars for the current Switch. Now. When you look at the grand scheme of things, you look at what Xbox is doing with the Series S. With that's the speaker box. Speaker box three hundred. Speaker box. You know, so I always you, think of that when, when you if you jump it to if you jump into three fifty four hundred, then you're going up against the PS five all digital. And at that rate, you know, that to be perfectly of, honest. After you just said that, I still think Nintendo can can handle it. I mean, yes, Nintendo will be able to handle it. Yes, I no, think they no will. problem whatsoever. Like honestly, given the games that they'll come out with for that new Switch, yep. like, dude, announce one Pokemon game, boom, no. sales, Zelda, Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I'm gonna call yeah. it now. Number, yo, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild two. Breath of the Wild two. If they are indeed doing a new Switch, Breath of the Wild it's gonna is be, a launch yeah. title. You think they're gonna, you know, the next gonna, Mario you know, game? You think they're going to you know. flub it though, like with the other Zeldas, where it's like on the? Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be Switch and it'll be console. Switch Pro. Yeah, but oh yeah, you'll have it like you'll have it like the difference between like say Miles Morales for the PS4 and the PS5, right? But the other Different thing was and given that, but but hold on here, the the other release for Breath of the Wild was for the Wii U, right? The, these sales mm-hmm. will skyrocket more up because more people have switches and another console possibly or have two switches like a switch and a switch light and i i think mm-hmm. i think no matter what if they did both versions they're still gonna make probably twice yep. as much money than and they you- did with the wii u version and the and the but switch eventually version. though they're gonna have to go with a a single a single yeah they're, they're not gonna be able to because there's not gonna be any more chips yeah left. and that's the other thing like oh. Hopefully, I mean, with those upgrades, backwards compatibility is not an issue. But that could be. Give me, no. give me game, give me a GameCube virtual console, and I'll be happy. No, you, you guys are, you guys are thinking it just like seriously. If you flub it again, I mean, like look at look at the Breath of the Wild, like or some of the other games where it's just nonstop. Where it's like, what's the difference? Oh, uh, you can see a blade of grass here. You can't. Just Nintendo, just stick to your stick to your guns. Like honestly, I don't want I don't want Link to be in like Ultra 4K UHD. Don't need it because don't need it. it you don't need to. No, he's never been. I that totally way. agree. I absolutely love like, playing my Switch. Dog, are you guys are trying? Like, what games are Nintendo trying to put together? Like, if they're trying to get. Like Apex Legends or Bloodborne, but, but that's the thing, or though. I think that, I think it's the third-party games that can't handle it, or right. that are too too much too for it, and yeah. too much. Stop! Stop trying to like. Oh, I need to have this game on there. Like, 
put more into investing in things that make the game like make Nintendo Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, for example, Cuphead was brilliant on the Switch because it's a one-player game if you play two, or it's a two-player game if you so Ori. switch, switch the, the the Joy-Cons off. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you have two Joy-Cons. Brilliant strategy, you know, and that probably made them tons of money, you know. Stick to things that Nintendo like prides on, family oriented, like multiplayer orientated, you know, not the single player shoot 'em ups that just destroy all graphics. But I think here's the other thing though, part of it though is you have to understand though, is, is that the Nintendo generation is growing up as well. And they want to keep that generation. Yeah, and it's but not just about the retro, Nintendo generation. You know. Like us, know exactly. Like if you say Zelda, do you think of like Zelda, like Link, completely like lifelike, or do you think of Link as a cartoon slash two D ish, maybe three D character? Now that's three D, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like you, you assume if you say Samus, do you say, do you think of it as like this, like going to be this? Master Chief looking not, not person. gonna lie. Samus, because of the level designs, especially with like Metroid Prime, that would look stunning in 4K. But would you would you you can imagine Samus as like a Master Chief kind of thing, like a Halo-esque, Halo-esque game. Yep. You, know? you you can see it, but I mean you But that's because I, honestly but that's because that world's already been that's already been fleshed out though as the design for Metroid Prime though. When you look at how kind of it's moved and evolved yeah. and the detail even Prime on the cube had, you know like I just don't we'll see what I don't I don't um, see I don't see I don't like them trying to push these graphics and just But but you have to think of it on on the other side, g- getting these third party developers and games this time around sessions that, you know helped. this time around it helps it, it's helped you know nintendo get to like second place possibly even first place so their hardware has to you know complement that do you think you and think I, animal crossing like no but you're also but you're also suggesting a nintendo game what i'm saying is is that those third-party games help the revenue exponentially than just sticking with just nintendo games look what happened when the third parties ditched yeah but but that is you're you're right that is a byproduct but it helps the it it overall helps helps the company as a whole so they they have to they have to manufacture this way potentially going to look at say final fantasy right let's look at final fantasy 10 it is available on Xbox, PlayStation, Vita, which we'll talk about here in a second, mm-hmm. and the Switch, right? And a lot of people could look at it and go, well, do I want to spend $40, $50 to get it on my PS5 or PS4? Or do I want to spend that money on the Switch and I can have it on the go no matter where I go? And I think that's kind of Nintendo's niche right now is that you can play it on the go. But if your of console course. is so inferior to the point where it can't play a game, then I think that's where you got to kind of look at it. I think it is due for chip upgrade because it's been running virtually the same chipset for a couple of years now. If you're if you're it trying to time. if you're trying to run it on the go though, that means that you need to have an like a 4K or UHD in the actual thing that's on the go as well, mm-hmm. and that's going to yeah. just like ultra skyrocket the price of. And well, I 
I trust Nintendo is going to build it the correct way that they need to for them, kind of where you're going with it, Jason. Um, I think it's the DLSS that's going to just allow it to deliver an up, you know, an upscale on the graphics to make it look kind of 4K. I think it may be something in the middle between 1080 and, you know, maybe it's a 1440, you know, you know, true graphics, but we'll see on that. Now, um, real quick, other news is we've got Xbox, which is something I didn't know that they did until I read about it. Um, is that they're lending or ending the Xbox Live Gold requirement for party chat and the free to play multiplayer? Um, it's already been rolling out to Xbox insiders that are part of the Alpha Skip Ahead and the Alpha programs. Um, I, I applaud them for finally doing this because apparently, you know, we were kind of talking about it before the show. It's like, I guess it was just always baked in since the beginning of Xbox when they had Xbox Live that you just pay for your online experience so you could chat with people and pretty and much multiplayer play games. Um, I didn't realize for games like Apex Legends, for Call of Duty Warzone, stuff like that, that you were still required to pay prescription fee so you could play online. I guess take it for granted, you know, with PlayStation Plus, they allowed a lot of that stuff to go on. So, um, and then finally, speaking of PlayStation, um, it came out this week that Last of Us uh, Season 1 will adapt the first game. Now, it is going to have some off-the-rails moments, um, but it is going to be an adaptation. That, of the that first means a lot. That means many things, though, especially yeah. in the entertainment business. Correct. Yeah. Um, secondly, which I'm more excited for, is that Ghost of Tsushima is going to be getting a live action movie, and it is going to be helmed by John Wick director Chad Stalinsky. I'm not so worried. We all know how good. John Wick was. I'm not worried from a director standpoint. I love now, that trilogy. What I, you know, I, I love what that I franchise. Am, what I am worried about is look at Uncharted and how many directors that thing went through. I sincerely hope that Chad stays on for Ghost of Tsushima because then it will be actually really, I think it would be great. Um, and then lastly, um, it was announced that the PlayStation 3 and the PSP stores are going to be closing on July 2nd completely. Mm. and vita that'll close down august 27th so really good games on my ps3 that i the like downloadable games i know and i have great games on the vita too and i think what's sad is is that you look at what xbox is doing backwards compatibility yeah you know they're going they're going all the way back to xbox one you know the original og xbox for a lot of the backwards compatibility whereas jim ryan has come out and said well i know backwards compatibility is a big thing amongst our players but then they say, well, it's not really used. The problem is none of your crap is backwards compatible right now. So how can it be used? Right? PS5, yeah, we can play PS4 games because that's the same, it's the same processor, mm-hmm. but in the same architecture. We can't play PS3 games on our PS4 nope. because of the cell architecture. So how can you tell us it wouldn't be utilized if we can't play the games? Because there is a lot of great games on the ps3 that we could be playing right now mm-hmm. like one of the games that makes me you know consider you know maybe getting s in the future so i have all the consoles is final fantasy 13 yep. mm-hmm. it is only on xbox right now so i it's sad to see this happen now i i get it i absolutely get it like psp dude that thing's been dead for a long time yeah. now it's about time to kind of shut it down or at least let us like re-download them if they ever get like 
reshelved in the new new PSN store because yeah. I had some great well, downloadable games. I had NBA Jam, I, Turtles in Time, Reshelled. I had that one. Yeah. I had well the first time they put Scott Pilgrim in the PSN store, I yeah. bought it. I like yeah. yeah. I, I had some good games. So the thing is, is that I, the Vita's been dead. You know, I love the Vita. Um, so I made sure to go and download. I went and downloaded FF Tactics, War of the Lion. I still think, Tactic, you know, Vita's, FF 1 through 6. I still think 10, the Vita's 10, not done. I think Sony's going to possibly nope. bring it back in some way. Jim Ryan, some Jim way, Ryan wants no way. Jim Ryan wants really? nothing to do with mobile. They want nothing yeah. to do with it. Uh, how do you, how do you beat Nintendo? You cannot you beat Nintendo in the handheld. The only thing that comes close is phones. And even still, those if, are like I will, second rate I will, to Nintendo. <laughs> we'll end it on this is that the only way you compete with Nintendo is you don't have proprietary memory, which that did in the Vita, and you market it correctly. And I think And it did not get marketed well. No. No. And the memory is expensive. So um but Jim Ryan's yeah. mountain said he doesn't he doesn't feel the need for another portable. Um, I would love to see another Vita too. I would, but I get I get where they're going. The direction is, you know, the consoles are focusing on PS5 and making that their singular thing. So I think right now, I mean, I think the Switch is dominating so much that you would you would have to come out with a killer console for the same price as the Switch that will blow it out of the water, and you have to market it correctly, and you have to use just standard SD. Yeah. So, alrighty, Jason, what have you been playing? Uh again, I've been on a uh, on a TV watching binge, man. Like, I just do dailies for a division, dailies for Final Fantasy, but I've been watching shows still, like left and right. Sicking me, you, you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I've been. Uh, oh, and I was able to because I'm like halfway vaccinated and not things that are starting to open up in california a little bit weirdly guess what opened up this week jerry oh no what the lewd <gasps> the lewd no. is back it, wait <laughs> you mean like you you mean legally it, like it opened legally, up like, like legally. legally yeah yeah okay you, like you know you know i went for a final drink <laughs> yeah. I went there for a final drink and they I were supposed to be closed. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. So well, legally it is now open. <laughs> That's and, uh, the good old lewd. The good I old love lewd. it. I love the it. Interlude. I miss it. I love it. That's great. So I actually went out um, there for a, a second and I was I might go out after this as well. All right. Maybe. So but, yeah, yeah, just TV. Just TV. TV TV TV. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. an Xbox. TV TV TV. Um <laughs> Other than uh, for me, other than uh, Apex, uh, I actually just paused Final Fantasy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting through it. What nice. a liar! What a I'm not liar. joking. I literally have it paused right now. Oh, 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 oh! Well, hold on. He doesn't show online, so we can't check that. So. Yeah, yeah. What a... I like my privacy. Matt, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? Uh, how's, how's the island? Animal Crossing is good. Um, yeah. Building out a little bit more of it. Um, redid my neighborhood, adding in more street lighting and doing anything for Easter. Anything for Easter? Um, God, I do not want Bunny Day back. No, that was so annoying. Last yeah, that really year was annoying when I had it too. 
because you would you normally go around looking like for the little areas to dig up fossils well they bury the eggs in the ground so you don't know if you're digging up a fossil or an egg yes. so you're, dig- so you're digging annoying. up twice as much yes so yeah yeah so <laughs> this time around might not be as annoying because i don't have a lot of grass in my town anymore <laughs> through what i've done and rebuilding and whatnot so um but yeah there's been that um this week i started back up uncharted lost legacy um it is a game that I have never finished. And I think a lot of it was because I, at the time I couldn't get into it. it. Just because coming off of Uncharted 4, I went right to Lost Legacy and it just didn't feel the same to me. And I couldn't get into it. So now. Which is kind of. Rem- it's so weird because it, like when. I think probably. See, I loved it. my problem is I didn't really care for Nadine or Chloe as characters in the Uncharted I, series. I, I saw it as an so, as like an extra like a side it's, it's of the spin-off Uncharted story. Yeah, spin-off but story. I love you know? spin-offs. It was awesome. But now I'm going back in, you know, it's been a couple of years removed, you know, still love the Uncharted's, but now I'm you know, a couple chapters in, I'm way I'm enjoying it way more than I did. So yeah. um there's that piece. Um played That's a little a bit of the too. um project triangle strategy demo on the switch which is uh octopath traveler tactics mm-hmm. pretty much um that's really really good mm-hmm. it is i cannot wait for that game to actually fully flesh out and come out um and then um delving back into ff9 and 10 interesting as well a lot on your plate a I've lot going kind of on just bouncing around <laughs> just whatever whatever just, i feel like playing just and want just to play some it. blitz ball like Dude, no. Nah. I'm not a fan of Blitzball. You're not a fan of Blitzball? Blitzball. I'm not Blitzball, a fan of Blitzball. It's, that was it's, one of the so. best games created for fun. So. That was one of the best ones. Shot, and then you just OP you just went. Oh, you dominate. Time. Oh, yeah. Just, just mm-hmm. OP jack shot from yeah. downtown. And, 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 <laughs> oh. so. Anyways, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, um, But anyways, to uh, all of our listeners and those that hopped in and, and took a... Take a watch tonight. I want to thank you guys all for crashing game night with us. As always, um, thank you for joining. If you liked what you saw, please make sure to hit that follow button on Twitch. Um, Subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, podcast channel platform of your choice. Um, If you want to have comments for the show, uh, definitely go over to crashinggamenight.com. Click on that, leave a voicemail button on our uh, podcast page, or uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what you think, comments. Um, As always, guys, be excellent to each other. And stay frosty. That's right, all my nerds. We are about to leave. Thank you. And also, guys, thank you for listening. That's right. Do you push the little notification thingy. Just like that. Little click. And uh, and subscribe to us, please. And uh, once again, uh, show your support for um, Black Lives Matter, Time's Up. Uh, Asian Americans, stop the hate. Uh, do whatever you can to show your support and and uh, just show once again let's just show some kindness and some some decency to everyone and and uh, and be safe out there definitely guys be safe out there you know it is as uh, Matt was saying at the beginning of this you know Biden wants to put out uh, 200 million vaccines in all of our bodies so please as soon as you find out go get signed up for it Honestly, it does not take that long. It does not hurt. 
you know, um, I'm waiting on my uh, second shot, and everybody's been telling me the second shot's where it's at. That's when you start, <laughs> yeah, uh, start feeling the little wear and tear. But <laughs> you know, it is all for a good cause. You know, like if a lot of places are opening it back up because more and more people are getting vaccinated, even the Johnson Johnson one. Please just, if you have the ability to sign up for your shot, sign up for your vaccine. Still stay social distant because just because you have one shot does not mean that you are immune immediately. So right. please stay still, still keep your mask on, still social distance, whatever you can. You can get a little bit more lenient, but still, you know, wash your hands, stay safe with the COVID. Stay it vigilant. Is, it is, yep. we are at the finish line, guys. We can see the end of the light of the tunnel. Maybe we might be able to have a convention at the end of the year to celebrate like mm-hmm. the end of COVID. Maybe yep. in the summer we can actually go outside and enjoy the summer this year. Please. So close. We're so yeah, we're so close. So close. Just stay safe. Be kind, rewind. And please please show all support for all the people that uh, were affected in Boulder again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yep. it is very, very crucial that we just take a second to n- help out the person next to you, mm-hmm. help out the person that needs the help. You know, it, it could be anybody, you could be have the person right next to you. So just help and be nice and be kind because those small things help and they go a long way. Yep. With uh, with that in mind, Steel Theo's Thunder. Oh, you know, baby. <laughs> TTFN. Ta ta for now. Good night, everybody. <laughs>